We're spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So let anything get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the marbles We're in the marbles Uh, We're in the marbles In the marbles Welcome, everybody, to episode three of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda. You can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And I'm Ethan. You can find me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan. And, man, what's going on? What's what's been happening this week? Not much, man. Uh, Just doing a lot of working, honestly. So not much. I, I have somebody over here mowing my yard. So if we hear a little background noise, that's what's going on. But uh, other than that, not a not a whole lot. What about you? Well, speaking of background noise, I, I don't ever mention this, but I'm sure anybody listening has heard of a of like a like a flapping or a jingling or a toy going off in the background or even a sneeze. I heard a sneeze last week. <laughs> I have a dog run around my feet. He doesn't do anything to make any noise unless I'm going to be sitting by myself and recording this. Then he decides he's going to go do all this stuff, and I can't control it. And most of the time I can't edit it out because it happens right in the middle of a conversation, right in the middle of a, of a sentence or something where me and you are both talking on top of each other or something like that. And I can't edit it out. If it bothers anybody out there listening, I'm sorry. It's just what happens. I can't control the dog. <laughs> I just listened to episode two and I didn't hear it, any of that. So I heard a sneeze. <laughs> That's probably me. <laughs> I It sounded like one of those um, sneezes where these really disgusting people will like close a nostril and blow junk out their nose. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounded like when you listen to it. It was like, God, what was that? I was like, Oh, it had to be, had to be the dog. Just, you know, just, uh, yeah. Couldn't stand it. Anyway, me and my wife went to a Garth Brooks concert. Oh yeah. Night. How was that man? The most amazing concert I've ever been to. Really? It was a bucket list kind of item ever since I was a kid. I saw these live shows on uh, VHS and stuff where we rent them for the video stores. And it was incredible to actually see what I saw on VHS live and in person. And some of the songs that he did, he did a lot of, uh, a lot of his old stuff. Oh, really? And I am, I, I didn't realize I was as big a fan of Garth Brooks as I was. Cause I was singing along just about every single song he's, he's <laughs> saying. It's like, okay, well, I know all the words, every single one of his songs. Okay, I'm, I guess I'm a fan. That's awesome. But um, apparently, uh, we registered. We, we it was it was done at Baton Rouge at Tiger Stadium. Apparently, we registered a 2.9 on the seismograph when he sang uh, wow. Colin Baton Rouge. Wow. <laughs> I was deaf in my right ear when I left. Oh, I bet. It was an um, incredible experience. If you go on my Twitter, at Sun underscore Hunter, you can uh, see little pictures and videos I, I put up of it. Really neat experience overall. Baton Rouge, that that place is a dump. But, <laughs> hey, I'm an Alabama fan, and I am spoiled with Bryant-Denny Stadium. <laughs> Tiger Stadium is a dump, an absolute dump. I mean, I understand if you're wasted all day long, you don't care. Yeah. Which they were. I mean, Brian Denny's is so much better. That's awesome. 
I don't like the city anyway. I'm a truck driver and the traffic in Baton Rouge is just absolutely atrocious. I, I hate, oh, yeah. I dread going to Baton Rouge. That's awesome. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's May the 4th, man. We're recording on Star Wars Day. Yeah, I've never once ever in my life have ever watched Star Wars. Man, shame. Or Star Trek. Well, I don't, I don't watch Star Trek, but... Star Wars, I didn't get into it until I was in high school because that's when Uh, they released the um, special editions of the original trilogy. They released those in theaters. And the first one I ever saw, completely out of order, was the third one of the old series. So that was episode six total. That's the first one I ever saw, and I saw it in theaters. And I was hooked on it since then. I was like, okay, well, now I got to go back and watch the other two. And I did. And then I was watching the prequels when they came out as they came out in theaters. And I watched all the new ones here when they came out. Every single one of them comes out. I watch it in theaters opening weekend. I love them all. I know some people hate the prequels. Some people hate the new stuff. Everybody likes the old stuff. I like it all. Yeah. I don't discriminate. Yeah. Star Wars is Star Wars. And Disney World made that Star Wars land, uh, Galaxy's Edge, and that's awesome. Can't wait to go back and see it again. I, I'm all about it. On Twitter and our uh, show's Twitter handle, in the, at In the Marbles Pod, I put up a few uh, Star Wars paint schemes that got ran yes, over the last few years in NASCAR. There's been a few, not a whole lot. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah, I saw that. I uh, retweeted it. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, I don't know. I know. What's the little robot name? R R <laughs> F R R R two D two R D D two R two D two R two D two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy. That's the yeah, blue. He's one. My f- the, the, what? There's uh, another one. There's a, yeah, there's an orange one now. Oh my goodness. It rolls. Is, uh, like it's like what? a ball that rolls around. It's like a ball on top of a ball, a ball and it rolls. So it's a shop vac. You know, it kind of talks. It beeps. Yeah. <laughs> okay. R two D two is awesome. like a, like a trash can that rolls on wheels. And okay. BB-8 is the other one. It's like a ball that oh. spins as it rolls. It's really neat technology because they they kind of have... I saw one of these on a stage once where it actually was working properly. Like It, it doesn't look like it would work, huh. but I saw on some kind of promotional thing somewhere where on stage they actually had one of these BB-8 units and it was rolling like it's supposed to in the movies. They didn't do it in the movies like that. They didn't build one that impressive for the movies they just use like a puppet kind of thing and the ones in galaxy's edge are animatronic so they're on a track on stage they actually had a real working one and it was it's, it's amazing looking oh wow that's really cool <laughs> i didn't i didn't know it was like an actual thing i thought it was just like i don't i don't know how to explain it i just thought it was like a well like you said like a like a talking trash can or something what's neat uh with technology nowadays is like even in galaxy's edge uh at disney world they're doing these um manless animatronics where they're not tethered to anything they're not attached to anything they can just kind of roam on their own and one of the first ones they put out was that new star wars hotel they have and it's an r2 unit kind of like the blue r2d2 but it's a different robot different colors different name but it's the same oh. kind of robot and it rolls around a beach by itself and interacts with guests wow i know okay it blows your mind to think that they can do this kind of stuff and i think they're actually going to do something like that with a baby groot pretty soon oh i have a little mini baby groot walking around at some place i don't know if it's going to be disneyland or disney world but they got that new guardians of the galaxy coaster coming so maybe it'll have something to do with that but anyway so what if i can ask a question what is a baby Groot? <laughs> you don't watch anything, do you? No, I watch NASCAR. <laughs> That's about it. 
uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Marvel. Oh. It, excellent movies. Uh, there's a character in there that's a tree. He's a talking, walking tree. He, his name is Groot. And uh, the only dialogue he says is, I am Groot. And wait, wait, wait. You have to a walk. A walking, talking <laughs> a tree. Yes. Walking, talking tree. Yes. And okay. at some point, I'm not going to give away a lot. I hate to do that to someone that maybe hasn't seen it or wants to see it, which by now sure. the movie's several years old, but whatever. At some point, he becomes tiny, has to regrow. And what, uh, so Baby Groot is a little small version of himself. It's maybe about um, not quite knee high, yeah. about that tall. And that's what they're building an animatronic of in Disney World. So it's going to be interesting. So, you know what's really sad about it is a walking, talking tree that can only say, I am Groot. Voiced by is, Vin Diesel, by the way. Is still better than Danica Patrick's commentary on a NASCAR race. Hey, I am Groot yeah. is hilarious. And he and he says it in a hundred different ways. So it gets um, interpreted by oh. another character. And it's like full mm. sentences and ideas and stuff like that. And all he's saying is, I am Groot. It's well, hilarious. So definitely Groot sounds fantastic. Danica Patrick sounds like trash, but you know what? It's not trash. It's this rowdy energy I'm about to crack open. Peach Mango. Getting me through this podcast today. Really excited about that. Yeah, I have the uh, Rowdy Burn one. The uh, watermelon flavored Rowdy Burn. And I just got the joke the other day with a name. Oh my goodness, I never even Yes. No. I'm glad I'm not the only idiot. That's cool. No way. I didn't even think about that. I, I had some in the fridge and I said to my wife, it's like I have a few more rowdy burns left. And it just clicked. I was like, oh my God. It clicked. I whoa. <laughs> You just blew my mind. I never even, I am so jazzed up. That is so fantastic. Um, uh, like, of course, of course, Kyle Bush's energy drink. If he's going to make a different one to go with it, it's going to be called a burn. Yeah. Rowdy burn. Yeah. If, if in case somebody doesn't know, Rowdy Burns is the uh, antagonist race car driver in Days of Thunder. One of Kyle Busch's favorite movies. In fact, he named yes. his energy drink and he calls himself Rowdy sometimes based off of that movie. And he's run Rowdy yes. Burns paint schemes and he's run Russ Wheeler paint schemes, which is uh, another antagonist in the movie. He never runs Cold Trickle. Does he just not like good guys? I, I mean, I don't. That's why I cheer for all the bad guys. Uh, and he even ran the number, too, number 51. He ran 51 and with 18, Russ Wheeler's paint job. It was like, oh, yeah, a, well, I think it was duh. Pedigree was a sponsor, yes. but he ran the exact paint, paint scheme, the blue and orange with the uh, angles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love it whenever they run Days of Thunder stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. Usually you'll see a mellow yellow car out there once in a while anyway, because mellow yellow the, the colors anyway because that's a uh, prominent nascar sponsor after the movie so you're not really throwbacking to throwbacking throwing back <laughs> i just made up a new term i like that that's what you're we not do throwbacking on to days of thunder <laughs> as opposed to kyle petty driving the 42 mellow yellow car right. usually but dude I am wearing the brand new shirt from whatamaneuver.net right now. Mine has not showed up yet, but I am very, very eager. It it comes out really well. It, it comes out really well on this uh, t-shirt. I got the Heather Gray. You can also get it in white. And you can also get different items. You know, toddler shirts, kids shirts, uh, tank tops, hoodies, things like that. And yeah. it turned out really good. And um, I'm really happy about it. And my kids wore it to school the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, one kid said he he actually listens to the show, but I don't think that's accurate. I've seen the downloads. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually uh, ordered mine in Heather Gray as well, and I actually ordered my girlfriend uh, one of the women's uh, styles. Mm-hmm. So really excited about that. Um, probably shouldn't have said that because it's actually one of her birthday presents. Her birthday is on the 8th, so happy birthday. Uh, yeah, this will come out yeah. um, the Six. Yeah. So happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Tori. Woo. That's really exciting. Um, going back, I was gonna ask you, and then I got uh sidetracked with the whole uh rowdy burns. How do you like the rowdy burn energy drink? I like them. I got to where I kind of like rowdy anyway, more than the rest of them, just because they're really keto friendly. Yeah. And if anybody knows anything about me, I'm keto. And yep. I do like Red Bull. I do like uh, bang i do like rain especially some flavors of rain there's some flavors of monster i like i mean i like them all it, you know there's some of them i'll get more than others but really i got a flavor out of every brand but yeah. none of them are as keto friendly as rowdy and i don't get any type of like jitters or anything if i drink one of these i don't get uh, a crash or anything like that but i do feel the uh, energy that comes with it and i guess it's doing what it says it does it says that it will burn calories burns up to 135 calories per can i guess by boosting your metabolism and stuff like that nice. but i like them uh the, well i've only tried one flavor so far and that's watermelon but i do have a variety pack coming they just released a uh, mix pack online and yeah. i do have that coming in the next week or two awesome it's not a candied flavor like if you get bang that's that's that tastes straight up like candy the rowdy burns <laughs> i'm never gonna get over that i know <laughs> they they don't taste fake they don't taste artificial they taste more natural so this watermelon actually has a yeah a less sweet uh watermelon flavor which i dig yeah good deal i like to hear that i obviously i'm an advocate for rowdy energy i started drinking them just because of kyle bush but i actually started to really enjoy them and i mean i'm a caffeine nut i'm always drinking mountain dew coke uh all that stuff and energy drinks when i need them the most i'm so used to the caffeine that energy drinks doesn't really bother me as much uh, but the rowdy energy is very much uh give me that boost and i'm really excited about it and one more thing real quick at the top of the show we are now on itunes i was finally able to get that worked out that was a pain in the butt and it took three weeks but we are now everywhere we are on spotify we're on itunes we are on google podcasts we are always on podbean that's where it's hosted at and we're also on alexa so i can tell you can tell any device you want to siri google or alexa to play in the marbles with Soda and Ethan, and it will. I purposely worded no I purposely worded it that way so mine wouldn't go off and do it. Oh wow, that's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome! I love the fact that we can just tell things to play our show, and it will play our show, and it will know what we're talking and big, about. Sh- yeah, and big shout out to you as well. Um, this is something I was gonna get to on episode one, and then episode two, and I completely forgot. Big shout out to you for really tackling that situation with like the editing with the getting it on different platforms all that stuff and then on top of that you also made the logo yeah i um i appreciate that Uh, thank you yeah i made the uh, logo the little circle logo the champion spark plug mock logo that doesn't really show up a whole lot anymore just maybe on facebook but also the t-shirt i designed that like i I don't think it's perfect by any means but it's it's really good it's good for a first shirt i I, I absolutely like I it. like the fact that it portrays a uh, local racing shirt. That was what I was going yes. for. Like if you go to a dirt track, you'll see these people with these shirts. 
that they had made up that they're giving away or they're selling or something, or maybe they're just making them for themselves because not a lot of people are going to buy the local stuff as much as they do the national stuff. And right. that's what I was going for with this. And I think it turned out pretty well. I think so too. I think you did a fantastic job and I can't thank you enough for all the hard work that you've already put in on this podcast. And we're only on episode three. So shout out to you, bro. And I'm, and I'm trying to make things as simple as possible going forward too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> um, but the hard stuff's out of the way. Now it's just episode to episode, so we should be pretty good. Let's go into let's go into Dover. Yes. It was a interesting race this weekend. I saw a few a few uh Twitter posts saying that the next gen car saved Dover. Did Dover need saving? I don't think so. I don't think so. I thought Dover was always a pretty good staple and uh, you know, with the racetrack and how uh, difficult it is for handling and setups and all that stuff. Uh, one mistake and you're hitting the wall very hard. Yeah, you you hear Dover talked about by the drivers as a driver's track. And what that means is that it's a it's not one of these cookie cutter, hold it wide open or mile and a half type tracks that everybody can pretty much navigate without a without any issue. Like I don't yeah, I don't see Michigan, California Daytona, Talladega, Atlanta, even like things like Las Vegas, Kansas, Phoenix. I don't see those as being driver tracks. Driver tracks are things like Dover and the one coming up, Darlington. Those are driver's tracks. They take a lot of finesse and they take a lot of skill to really, really focus on what you're doing and hitting your marks every single lap. It's almost like you don't race the competition at these tracks. You race the racetrack because the minute you start focusing about the cars around you, you miss sight of the fact that you you got to hit this mark. If you don't hit this mark, you're in the wall. Exactly. And I saw Dover as one of those racetracks, and a lot of drivers do too. So Chase Elliott wound up winning the race this weekend, and we also had a uh, first-time pole sitter, uh, the new team, Roush, what, what do they call themselves? Uh, it's oh, RFK, right? Roush Fenway, yes. Roush Fenway Keselowski. Fenway Keselowski. That's, that's yes. a mouthful. It is. Oh, they my just, goodness. R- RFK. They won their pole. They won the first pole this weekend, and uh, good for them. They didn't do that great in the race but they did okay uh i think busher mainly i don't i'm not i'm not sure where uh keselowski finished do you know where he finished off the top of your head uh not off the top of my head i don't he, he uh, wasn't a factor that's a big thing. he hasn't been a factor yeah. in a while yeah that's very they, true. they need to I don't, I don't know what they need to do there something is off with that team but maybe they're starting to get and i think he knows it you can see on twitter when he's posting little updates about the team I think the penalty at the beginning of the year kind of put them in a hole. Yeah. And speaking of, we got more of them coming from this week. So the race was rain delayed. It was supposed to go off on Sunday. They got about 70 laps or so in, and it got pushed back to Monday, which means our competition got pushed back even further. Uh, the Facebook yes, posted, uh, we, had a, we had a few likes on, and we'll announce the winners of that in just a little bit. I hate the start times. For these races oh my goodness don't even get me started oh when i was a kid they would start my local time at like 11 o'clock or 11 15 yeah and now they're waiting until after two o'clock in the afternoon to start these races that's nearly an entire race behind on these yep. tracks that don't have lights and once it starts raining about an hour into a race they're done they can't do anything about it if it would have started at 11 30 right. They'd been able to get that whole race in before it started raining. Yep. And it's so dumbfounding to me because Dover, like you mentioned, Dover does not have lights. So if we were to red flag it and dry the track off, 
we're going to get the race uh, stopped anyways because of no mm-hmm. lights. You know, a lot of people said, oh, well, if you knew the, the rain was coming, why didn't you just push up the start time? Well, a lot of that, you know, it's not NASCAR's call. TV is king, as Dale Jr. said. So it's like if FS1 wants it at three o'clock, it's going to be at three o'clock just because there's inclement weather coming. You know, they don't push that up. And I think you have to give the broadcast uh, or the network at least 24 hours before you move up the start date or start time. The best they can do as far as moving up the start time is to move it at the very beginning of their window. A lot of times they... They come on, like, let's say the race is, is scheduled to come on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They'll come on air at 2 o'clock. Well, the race itself might actually not actually start until 2.25 because you got the pre-race right. and then you have the pace laps and all this. And then at 2.25, they actually start getting the green flag. The best they'll do is start the race at 2.05. Like, they'll have all that out of the way and they'll have, um, they'll be on pace laps when they come in. Like, okay. Yeah, that would be fair. Well, that's, that's what they do sometimes if there is inclement weather in the area. They will do that, but that's the best they can do without straight up starting the race earlier, like scheduling it to start earlier. But from everything I hear, TV audience grows through the day. If it starts later in the day, they'll have more viewers. I personally hate that. I hate it, but that's just me. I don't like these races going all day long like that. I like it. 3.30, 3.30, 4 o'clock, everything's over with. I Like it used to be, but now we have to wait until 6, 7 o'clock at night before the race is over with, and if any hiccup happens, they're not going to get the full race in. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What I kind of would like to see, maybe like you know next season or something, is I really, even though I'm an avid NASCAR watcher, I love NASCAR, I love watching it, whatever, I wish that instead of 400 you know laps, I wish it would be like 300. I feel like Sitting in front of my TV watching NASCAR for uh, five hours, if because I like to tune into like what used to be trackside, uh, you know, like it used to be a whole day event, and it was just man, that's that's a lot, a lot of you know, repeating you know, uh, yourself, repeating each other, going over the same thing. It's just, I would like to see maybe a little shorter of races. Well. I understand that Dover's already been shortened once because it used to be 500 miles and now it's 400 miles, 400 laps, which is the same thing. Dover's a mile long racetrack. It is a lot for a mile racetrack to run 400 laps on it. I know uh, like Loudon runs 300. At the same time, I like Dover. So I kind of, I'm I'm good with it being 400. I do miss Trackside. Trackside was always (laughs) my favorite show. It came on a different channel, completely yeah. separate, kind of like college game day to college football. Yes. It come on first before anything else did. And it was in front of a live audience with some big personalities like Jimmy Spencer on that show. Kenny Wallace, Jimmy Spencer, these people are crazy. There's oh, so yeah. much fun to watch. And it would come on before every single race. And I've attended a couple of them live at Talladega. And it's such a fun atmosphere. And then you get a break after trackside and... Then you have the pre-race for the actual race because trackside is an early morning show. And then you might have two hour break before the actual race starts after trackside's over with. I love that. I thought that was awesome. The show itself was my favorite show, but now Speed Channel's gone. I don't even know what they turned into. Do you know right off the top of your head what what Speed Channel ended up turning into? Is it FS2 or FS1? Yes, it's FS2. Well, no, I think it's It's, FS1 because it's on channel six. It's on one of the the two. Yeah. But I remember when it was Speed Vision. Yeah. It it used to be be Speed Vision back in the day it, it wasn't nascar focused it was all racing like oh, all racing in general it wasn't owned by it. fox either i think fox bought it and made it speed channel 
I when I went to uh, Bristol Night Race in 2017, it was my first time at a Cup race, and I was very excited. And uh, they were still doing trackside, and I believe they had Kevin Harvick as the special guest or whatever. And I was actually running out to my car because I had just bought something. I think a Kyle Busch diecast mm-hmm. or something. And I ran it out to my car because I didn't want to hold it for the 500 laps. And when I was coming back in, I passed the stage, but I saw a lot of people were like walking away. So they must have just wrapped up trackside. And I was just lost in the sea of people. And when I looked behind me, I I heard somebody say, hey, you move. You know, so I looked back and it's Kevin Harvick in his uh, like little golf cart almost hit me. <laughs> I was like, good Lord. Okay, cool. Were you wearing cool. Cowbush stuff? I was. That's yes, why. I absolutely That's why he was, was. mad at you. Yep. He, he, if you weren't wearing the Cowbush stuff, he wouldn't have tried to boot you out of the way. Just, oh, I'm just saying. Lord. He, he almost <laughs> did it. <laughs> good. But Dover this weekend, we yep. had a lot of um, tire issues, a lot of cording on the tires. And I don't, I don't know if it's, it can't just be the fact that it's a track because the track itself has been the same for a while. This new tire with this new size and compound that they were running, it just didn't mesh with Dover this weekend. They had a lot of cording on the, uh, I think the inside and the outside of the tires on the right sides. Yeah, absolutely. The tires were probably the biggest storyline leaving Dover than it was going into the the race. A lot of tire wear issues, but also the one lug nut issue was pretty prominent for a couple teams including did yeah, and he got penalized pretty good for that i yes, saved something i want to read it is a twitter thread from justin fielder and he is the uh tire changer for the 43 car oh okay. and i thought this was an interesting read it's like why do they keep doing this what what is the issue with the lug right it's this is going to take a minute but it's really interesting. I'm going to go ahead and read this whole thing here. Let's do a NASCAR thread. Obviously, we still continue to be challenged by the one lug setup. We saw that yesterday with the 11 and 16, but we are only 11 races into this deal and we are learning every week. Here are a couple of thoughts on the current state of pit stops. Right now, we are seeing a few big challenges. The first is changers. I think especially less experienced changers. Understanding when a nut is tight. Here's one of our right side exchanges from yesterday's little video. From the time I engaged on the nut to swap the tires to the nut being tight again is about 2.5 seconds. As a comparison, that's probably two seconds faster than a five lug stop. So there's much less time to make decisions. You have better have to be you have to be confident it's tight before you leave. Also, I feel like the feedback you get from the gun itself is very different than a five lug gun. It's easy to confuse sound and feel with this new piece and you think you have the wheel tight when you don't. I've been super conservative in this area and this will get better with reps. This confusion or misunderstanding of what a tight wheel is, I believe, is what's caught a lot of less experienced changers out. They think it's good, the car leaves, and now there's no margin for error. It's either tight or it's most likely coming off. The issue for the 11 specifically yesterday was that the nut came out of the socket when the changer pulled off the hub. This is very easy to do, even with the magnets and the O-ring. He didn't recognize it immediately, and the result, the 11 team didn't catch it quick enough. And that is what I think of the other big challenges right now is for the teams. When you do have a problem, especially the left side, how do you communicate it so quickly so that the crew chief can stop the driver from leaving? It's something we've talked about with our crew chief for quite a bit, especially lately. And we have behind the wall guys on the lookout for problems to aid where they can. There's so much going on here with this. Basically, that's it. He just goes now on to uh, if it's tight, good. If it's not, you can't come in and fix it. It's falling off. Right. That's basically what it is. Yeah. He says it's a lot of gun feedback 
issues. And I didn't think about that before. Like it's a completely different setup. So you don't have the feel that you had before and the sounds are different and some people just aren't getting it yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, last season when NASCAR, you know, cup series had the five lug nuts, uh, what a lot of people did, a lot of teams did, they only tightened four mm -hmm. or, you know, if you made a star, you could get away with only uh, tightening three. So, you know, every second that you're tightening those lugs with your gun, it's seconds that you're losing off the track, whether it's green flag pit stops or, you know, pit stops under caution. So a lot of people, a lot of teams would just do three or four and then you could get by with just doing that. With this, you know, obviously one lug nut uh, tire, you definitely cannot do that because if you do, I mean, obviously the, the tires don't come off and that's a huge no-no, a huge penalty, points, money, suspensions. Mm -hmm. Big suspensions. Like the whole thing, yeah. I think personally the penalty is overboard because the penalty is in itself, it happens in the race based on your actions, right? If you don't right. do it right in the race, your tire falls off, you wreck, you know, all that. I think adding on to it, suspending people, fining people, all that kind of stuff, I think that's just overboard to me personally. Because now you're taking yeah. the wrenches out of the hands of the best ones on your team to do that job. Exactly. So, yeah. so, so like last season, uh, I could completely understand uh, suspending the crew chief for you know loose lug nuts or not hitting all five because that could be strategic. It almost. is, yeah. Now with this one, it's definitely it's definitely not strategic if you don't get that lug nut all the way on there. So, you know, taking away, you know, suspending the tire changer, uh, the crew chief. So ultimately, what you're doing is you're taking away the people that are doing this on a regular basis, and then you're bringing in someone who might not have that experience. So you're just kind of almost probably. <laughs> creating an even bigger disaster the next week because you don't have those regular people. Exactly. You, you created a bigger safety concern the following week. I, Absolutely. And I don't, I don't agree with that at all. If you want to find them, that's fine. I don't agree with suspensions. Yeah. Or even, you know, do what RFK, you know, you know, get some points out of them, you know, like, Hey, if your tire comes off, it's a hundred points. That's a lot of points, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you nobody would have any loose tires. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of points. Some some person uh, <laughs> said, "Well, why don't they make fueling the cars slower so you're not as rushed?" And then he and the guy was like, "We're not rushed. I mean, the fueling had nothing to do with this. It's just us. Right. What we're doing. You know, it's just I don't know." So I want to go into our picks from last week. Uh, Chase Elliott wound up winning. Your guy Martin Truex uh, had a good run going. He was in, I think, fourth. My guy was six, yeah. uh, six or seven, somewhere in there. And him and Ross Chastain, they just they raced each other hard. The yes, whole ending of that race, they raced, raced each other hard. And I don't blame either one of them. You want to protect your spot and you want to get the spot, right? Last lap, every Absolutely. point counts, especially now all of a sudden Ross Chastain, he's got this championship feeling going. He's got oh, two yeah. wins and he's spouting off these top fives like crazy. So he's got this championship yeah. mode in his mind. Like, I'm not giving up another point. So, yeah, you know what's funny is how different things could change in, in a week. Episode two, I was sitting there almost uh, criticizing 
uh, Ross Chastain, saying that I wasn't a big of a fan, you know, uh, wasn't huge on him. And, you know, I think that might have changed I'm, a little bit after seeing all that happen. I'm glad that you're not completely against how he raced at the end of that race because I didn't think he was doing anything wrong. I really didn't. Yeah. Uh, Truex came up on the outside of him, and Chastain realized he was there, and he, he, he did he run him high. But he didn't run him into the wall. He run him high, no. but then Chastain saw he was there. And he come back down the racetrack. He got off of him. Truex's self couldn't hold the wheel. I mean, he spun all the way down at the end of straightaway after that happened. He could he yeah. just couldn't get it straight. Just because so, they were racing each other a little hard. And Truex went on to finish 12th. And my pick, Kyle Larson, wound up finishing sixth because of it. And I got to gain a little bit of ground yeah. on you. I know, and I don't like that at all. Um so my whole takeaway with that is I don't see what Ross Chastain did wrong. I don't think he did anything. I don't think wrong. he did either. Uh, what I what I saw was an aggressive race car driver trying to get every single point, and if that doesn't solidify the fact that how hard it is to get momentum to get points in the Cup Series, where you are ready to dump your grandma in the wall for <laughs> a fourth place finish instead of finishing fifth, man, that was your absolute example even after the fact you know what i really appreciated the most was ross chastain has been very open about how aggressive he is and how he completely expects people to drive him race him the exact same way he races them uh so when i saw the whole confrontation about martin Truex jr coming over you know they were exchanging some words i know he went on Truex went on to tell dale jr that it was a good conversation and and everything is good moving forward and that's awesome what i'm glad i saw was ross chastain did not bat an eye he didn't he didn't oh i'm sorry man you know mm -hmm. no he was like hey i'm aggressive i'm not i'm not apologetic for i mean it. they they race each other the same way. Both of them raced hard right. right there at the end of it. It isn't like he did something to take advantage of a situation that Mark Drex wouldn't have done or hasn't already done the last few laps before that. Right. So I think the the real issue was if Truex wanted that spot so bad, this is the last lap. Why did you roll out of the throttle? Mm -hmm. I mean, if that was me and Soda, I'm sorry. But if you were coming up on me on the last lap like that, I would have kept my foot in it. And I would have turned you so fast, and I would have taken that that fourth place or third place, whatever it was, and uh, I would have I would have ran. Well, with the it. thing the <laughs> thing sure. is, Chastain even got off of him. Like he come up the track yeah. in two, and the track funnels itself into the wall right there off of two. Yes. So it's really easy. You can see it in the Xfinity race a lot. People were sideways off of two every single lap and it was so yes. much fun to watch but not as much in the cup i think they have a lot more grip in the cup right now because of the new tires oh but yeah. that also contributed to the tire wear the extra grip extra tire wear that's just how it goes oh yeah for sure you could see it funneling itself down into turn two and chastain's coming up to block and truex is on the outside but the minute they touch Chastain gets off of him. He isn't running. Yeah. He isn't stupid enough to put himself into the wall because he knows that'll happen. He gets off of him. Truex gets off the throttle and can't hold the wheel. Spins out. That's not on Chastain. Chastain got off of him. Not at and all. I'm pretty on board with Chastain right now. I grew more and more and more through the year to like him. And now he's got these two wins. He's racing aggressive. He's racing hard. 
it's a fresh face, which I think people like Truex might not like. The old guard, you know, we were just, he was just talking about what's he going to do next year. There's talk of him retiring this year out of nowhere, you know, and I think the old guard doesn't like these yeah. new guys coming up. The only thing about Ross Chastain that I'm a little concerned about is he is a very aggressive driver and that's the type of driver that I, I ultimately sway towards. I like the aggressive drivers. I like the whole, uh, you know, I don't care. I'm not here to make friends type of mentality. Mm -hmm. The thing I'm worried about is, you know, we've seen him, we've seen Ross Chastain very, very aggressive all season long. Even back when he was subbing in for uh, Kyle Larson, you know, he's just a really down and gritty race car driver and i'm scared i'm worried for him that he's making his name on the top of everybody's lists of if i get put in a position i'm going to take him out because oh you ran me oh remember that coda remember when you doored you know alex bowman or whatever that uh finish was i didn't actually watch that race but uh, it's not dirty driving it's aggressive driving but i don't know i don't i just don't want to see it come back you know if they're and i don't think you know, uh, he will be in a situation where he has to point his way in. I'm pretty sure that he is solidified in the mm -hmm. playoffs. But if it comes down to the round of eight on the final lap, and, you know, it's kind of like a uh, Kyle Bush, Kevin Harvick at Martinsville situation where Kevin Harvick dumps Kyle Bush, I don't want to see Ross Chastain lose an opportunity for a championship based on revenge well this is what i think about that there's a difference and you said it earlier just in the in that you said it there's a difference between being really aggressive and being dirty and right. i don't think anybody feels that he's dirty if somebody goes up against somebody that's a dirty race car driver they're going to race them completely different but if they go against somebody that's aggressive people tend to either be aggressive back or they'll cower back a little bit so they right. don't get messed up themselves that is what Dale Earnhardt had. He wasn't dirty, so to speak, most of the time. Sometimes he was, but he was really aggressive. So when P he would come up in their mirror, he, he already had to pass on you when he wasn't right. even beside you yet because he's in your head. You saw that black three come up in the mirror and you're like, well, here he comes. He's going to he's going to wreck me. He's going to knock me out of the way. You know, he's going to do everything he can to, right. to get by this. Next thing you know, you're off your line and he's already passed you. That's just the mentality he built up, not comparing Chastain to Earnhardt. But it's it's that kind of um, aggressive mentality that may might be too much nowadays in NASCAR because back then you only had maybe a few drivers like that. But it seems like nowadays everybody's fine with taking everybody out on the last lap. Exactly. And it's a it's a different yep. world out there with NASCAR. But I like how Trackhouse is doing. I think they're doing really good. Ninety nine not as good as the one, but they're still doing pretty good. I think both teams were running in the top five or six on uh, Sunday or Monday. At one point, and I hope they keep keep going. So it wasn't just the Cup race that re raced this weekend or on Monday. Yes, uh, the Xfinity series actually raced on Saturday. Um, I did actually watch that one. Uh, I didn't actually accidentally fall. Asleep I was in Baton Rouge, uh, <laughs> having a time of your life. In my cowboy. black cowboy hat. Uh, heck yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. <laughs> um, some of the really interesting things that I took from the Xfinity. Uh, series race was I saw Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs swapping some paint. 
a little bit. Uh, two of my two of my uh, favorites in the Xfinity series. So I, I I get a little nervous because they're both really aggressive race car drivers. I don't want to uh, I don't want to see them start swinging at each other on pit road because I'll be very conflicted. But I know they're actually really good friends on off the racetrack. So I I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, Sam Mayer won stage one. Joe Gibbs Racing came play once again, uh, even though they actually didn't win the the race. But Brandon Jones looked really, really fast. Ty Gibbs obviously looked always, always looks fast. I saw that there was a slower, like I don't know who it was. I think it might have been like Brandon Brandon Brown or someone uh, was completely off the pace. And Dover there on the back straightaway. There's no apron. Like it's all racing, you know. There's nowhere to go for like, yeah, you can't cars. hide. It's like and Bristol, NAS- you can't hide from anybody, right? And NASCAR did not throw a caution for uh, one of the race cars that were completely like 80 miles off the pace. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, oh, it, I don't know, it could have been a disaster for sure. Uh, a lot of pit road troubles for some of the uh, top contenders of that series. Uh, I think Justin Allgaier, I think, was one that definitely comes to mind when i think of bad pit stops at dover uh we saw the last dash for cash uh race of the season so that was won by noah gregson which i feel like he has won five of those that races was the now. last one so he yes so there's only like i think why eight, don't they spread them out eight or <laughs> why are we done with it <laughs> and it's it, it was just, I, it's just uh, barely may <laughs> yeah i have no idea <laughs> Um, a lot of tire wear was also transparent in the Xfinity series, which we saw ended up seeing on Monday as well. Uh, Justin Allgaier, who was actually running a uh, door bumper clear uh, paint scheme. Did, have you ever heard of that? Podcast? I have not. Oh, it is so it good, dude. Oh, yes, it is. So it's like an all spotters. Oh, neat. So it's like uh, Fred, Freddie Kraft, TJ Majors, and Brett Griffin. Uh, super fun. Super cool. Uh, a lot of lap traffic i noticed was really clogging up uh the lanes at dover and it, it was making not just xfinity but the cup series as well it was really hard for the leaders to uh maintain a you know the distance between second place so it, it was a lot of tight racing and i really really like that i think a lot of other race so, car drivers or race car fans do you so i think with that the thing with the lap traffic between the two series is two completely different reasons why there's so much lap traffic at this track between the two different series. So the Xfinity is the have nots and the haves, you know, because there's big gaps between huge funded teams and the private teams in Xfinity. And in the cup series, it's just straight up new car, new car on this track for the first time. Some people got it. Right. People were way off. Penske was way off. And they're normally yes. pretty good at tracks like this. I don't I don't know if any of the Fords really have a lot of speed. I know Ryan Blaney has quite a bit of speed. Kozlowski's trying. Chris Buescher ended up in the, on the pole. But other than that, really, like Joey Logano has been really slow. We can start calling him Slowy <laughs> Logano. Uh, yeah, like, which actually makes me happy about that. But uh, really interested in seeing if Pinsky or just Fords in general can, you know, turn their seasons around and, and get it yeah, going. I'm off bit. the Ford bandwagon. I'm completely off of it. It's it's all <laughs> Chevy and Toyota now from here on out until Ford shows something else because they, they had it at the beginning of the year, but right now they are not there, and I'm not picking a Ford to win anything yeah. for a while. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, Josh Berry actually ended up winning that race. Uh, Good for him. I like over, him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Josh Berry's driving the uh, number eight. Uh, I think it was tire pros for JRM. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale Jr., you know, his race team, Junior Motorsports. So it's really cool. Uh, he has a really cool little Cinderella story. Uh, you know, a lot of these young guys at Xfinity, you know, they're just that. They're young guys. Ty Gibbs, I think, is 19. Sam Mayer is 18. A lot of just really young guys. And Josh Josh Berry comes in, and he's, what, 34? I don't even know. And this is his first year in Xfinity. So uh should be like a grizzled veteran. You know, something like Justin Allgaier, but he's actually, you know, just starting out. And it's, it's kind of crazy to think about that. And another thing that I saw with the Xfinity, we'll wrap it up with Xfinity, is uh, <laughs> I don't know if if Xfinity Wi-Fi, you know, the Xfinity company has, like, makes it mandatory that everybody says this. But I have heard the, the phrase, just as fast as Xfinity Internet, so many <laughs> times. I mean on the broadcast every single driver said it even dale jr on his uh podcast dale jr download he says it it's just almost annoying but i kind of want to start doing it (laughs) (laughs) it's funny when they market stuff like that i cannot even get xfinity internet where i am i am stuck with frontier that's the only thing i can do i can't even get at&t internet it's just yeah oh wow where i am it's either uh, satellite internet or the cable internet, which is Frontier. I actually do have Xfinity uh, Wi-Fi, like internet and stuff. Uh, I forgot what it's called, though. It's Xfinity. Oh, crap. But, Anyways, but it's Xfinity. And it's really, really good, fast internet for sure. But good Lord. Mine's adequate. It is, it's not fast, but it's adequate. So I, that's the racing this weekend. A couple of really good races. I had fun. I got to watch the Xfinity race uh, Sunday morning. Right before the cup, I just kind of breezed through it, saw the highlights, and looked like a really fun race to watch uh, live anyway. This past week, we had a little bit of a controversy, I guess, with Hamlin. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, set the stage. Hamlin and Larson are really good friends. And they've been seen on broadcast during rain delays playing video games. And it was actually another Asian-type joke on that once. And Hamlin up laughing larson said the joke it was uh i forget who it was was it matt yokum coming to the camper one day during a rain delay and hamlin and larson were playing video games and yokum's like, like yes well of course i figured you'd be in here playing video games and larson was like is that an asian joke he's like no 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 it's not an asian joke and then you know hamlin's busting yeah. out laughing <laughs> so they're friends yeah okay and they won't offend each other with this kind of stuff but Hamlin posted a little thing on Twitter, and I saw it before it got taken down, and I laughed. I thought it was funny. It's a Family Guy clip of this uh, this Asian yeah. woman in the uh, in the car, and she says something. I did, I didn't listen to the whole whole thing. We're talking about cutting across four lanes of traffic, and she jerks the wheel, cuts across four lanes of traffic, but then it cuts to Kyle Larson doing that at Talladega, taking out his cars, and it was yeah. so good. He even flipped the video to make it match what happened at Talladega, and it was so funny. I thought it was hilarious, but you can't put stuff out like that out there because people, somebody's going to get offended somewhere. And I understand why exactly. you would get offended by it. But at the same time, sometimes you got to look at something like, well, it's a joke. But anyway, he had yeah. to go through sensitivity training this week. Has he actually completed it or? I'm not sure if he's completed it or not, but he definitely has to go through it. Yeah. And I believe uh, Kyle Bush is probably going to have to do it again as well for saying, 
the R word. Oh, he did it again. again. <laughs> yeah, I don't now. I don't know what happened or what, but I know he definitely said the R word some some capacity, and, and NASCAR wasn't very happy with him. But what I'm what I think is a little bit uh, comical is Kyle Larson's interview regarding Denny mm-hmm. Hamlin. Uh, how, did you see that? Interview? I saw bits and pieces of it. I saw the gist of it, though. So. Yeah, just kind of saying how it was in bad taste and all this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to go into it, but what Kyle Larson did was a whole lot yeah, worse and, than what did Hamlin. And did. if, um, yeah, that, it's funny that the people, you know, waving the flag for Kyle Larson were the people wanting him kicked out of everything last year or yeah. two years ago when that happened. Yeah. But yep. yeah, I really don't want to get into this. But if, yeah, we're not, but going if to. <laughs> anybody out there is not racist, it's Denny Hamlin. The yeah, dude exactly. owns a cup team with Michael Jordan. And he has hired the only African-American driver in the Cup Series right now. If anybody's not racist, it's Denny Hamlin. And I know we're talking about two different races here. Anybody can be racist to anybody. But his, his, his one of his best friends is Kyle Larson. It isn't like he was right. saying anything out of meanness or trying to hurt him. He's poking fun at him. I, right. I don't know. I think it. I understand what they're doing, trying to make him more aware. Like, hey, you need to think about some stuff before you post. I understand that. Right. Uh, the thing with Kyle Bush, I grew up saying that word a lot too. When I was a kid, yeah. that was the that was the that was the word you used to call somebody stupid. Yeah. And we all said it. We said it a hundred times. As we got older, we realized mm, that's a little much. So I haven't said it since. I haven't said that word for God probably 15, 20 years. Not and a not in a sense like that, you know, because right. it's hurtful. And sometimes you just have to you have to try to train yourself with that. And I know some people just they don't care. It's like, well, I'll say what I want when I want. I don't care. I'll pay the penalty for it. I understand that mindset of it, but at the same time, you kind of need to be more more respectful to people because somebody's yeah, gonna get offended somewhere. And I don't want to offend people, but at the same time, I'm not one to take offense to a lot of things. If I don't like something, I'm just gonna move on. Right. Exactly. Anyway, that's what went on with Hamlin this week. Weird stuff. There's all <laughs> sorts of drama. Just drama outside the track. This week was also Kyle Bush's birthday. So before we go into Darlington this weekend, I want to reminisce a little bit. Yes. Uh, I brought it up okay. to you personally a couple of weeks ago, but we kind of skipped over it last week. I want to talk about crazy, weird NASCAR merch and NASCAR stores, things like this. I have had a few things in my life that have been really weird to have some kind of NASCAR branding on them, whether it's driver branding or NASCAR in general. I know you probably have too, right? You know, this. I saw all your suggestion about talking about this, and I figured this kind of hit the cutting room floor. Like it didn't really make it. So I have not put any sort of thought into this. So this is kind of like, you know, really spur of the moment kind of, I'm just tracing my mind and trying to figure out something to, to, to tell, you know, talk to you about. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Well, I, I take that back. Yes, exactly. I that's, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Let me go through a couple of the ones I have. I promise you something's going to register because I have seen some crazy stuff out there. Yeah. I'm going to go first, and then you can name one of yours. And if you come up with any more, we'll go, we'll go from there. To me, absolutely. our local mall had a store, and it was the greatest store in the history of all stores. It was called NASCAR Thunder. This store Ooh. had a full-size Dale Earnhardt car sitting right inside the door. The floor was made 
out of used Goodyear tire rubber. And it was oh, nothing oh, but NASCAR. No. I mean, you had the NASCAR wow. Monopoly games. Uh, you had all these other little board games, trivia games. You had T-shirts for every driver in NASCAR. You had a wall of 164 scale die casts that dated back six, seven years. So like in 98, you walked in, you could get 1990, 1991 die casts, racing champions. Wow. It was such an incredible store and it only stayed around for maybe about a year and it was gone and it turned into a disney store eventually so one crazy store to another crazy oh store. no but yeah such an amazing store i love that place and i wish it was still open and one more going into stores real quick something i have actually been to it's uh it was a thing in Sevierville, tennessee i think there's one one or two more left in the country. I'm not sure where they are. I think one's a Myrtle Beach, but it's a NASCAR cafe. Have you ever been to a NASCAR oh, cafe? Yeah. I have not. Okay. No. It's set up kind of like the Hall of Fame building is. It's got this big grandiose, round, circular looking front entrance. When you, you got NASCARs around the outside of it, just sitting around. But when you walk in, you have a full, of course, you have your uh, wall displays and your tables all laid out, different levels, uh, pit boards out by the table, stuff like that. But when you look up at the roof of the building on, on the inside, they have made half of the, the ceiling a full-size replica of a racetrack, like two lanes oh, wow. wide. Okay. It's huge. <sighs> what? And they have about six or eight cars, full-size cars inside. And now they're probably not actual cars because they got to sit on a roof. They're shells, right? right? But wheels and everything, blacked out windows, all that. They're two by two along the ceiling on this half racetrack. And once every hour, the engine is cranked up, smoke comes out of the tailpipes, and the wheels start spinning. So they're like racing what? on the ceiling. You know, they don't move, but the wheels are spinning and smoke oh. comes out. And it happens like once an hour while you're sitting there eating. Wow. The food was... That's oh, insane. It was awesome. The food was mediocre, just basic... American dining stuff, chicken tenders, cheese fries, or cheese sticks, yeah. stuff like that. But the atmosphere could not be beat. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I wish we're still around. No joke. Nothing like grabbing, you know, a, a hamburger and, and buying a one twenty four scale diecast. Yeah, they, they had the uh, wow. Talladega tenders. I <laughs> know. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Atlanta applesauce. <laughs> Wow, that's Can awesome. you think of anything I'll talk about? Yeah. Can you think of anything I'll talk about? So the only like kind of obscure uh, item that I have, and I think I spoke about it in episode one or possibly two, I don't know. But uh I actually have the raced, I guess raced win, raced worn uh tire off of Kyle Bush's mm -hmm. car when he won in 2021 at Kansas Speedway on his birthday. Um but as far as like stores or cafes, I don't, I don't, I cannot think of anything right off the top of my head. I know uh, Joplin, Missouri, uh, it's about two, about two hours away, uh, used to have a flea market and it had a, a NASCAR, not not a store, but it was like a NASCAR like cubby mm -hmm. hole almost, and this little, it was like a big sized cubicle, and it, it you know, all it was was just diecast, whether it was one sixty four, one twenty four. And I, every time we'd go there, I just, I literally felt like I was in heaven. I thought this is, this is what it's like I, in heaven. So, um, but no, I wish I had something cool to compare my story to yours, but I think you beat me on this one. That 
cafe sounds fantastic. It, it was a lot of fun to walk in. It, it it reminds me of what I think the Hall of Fame would be like to go walk in. I'd love to go oh, yeah. out to Charlotte and see the Hall of Fame one day. But I, I do miss the stores, little small stores. Like we would have a bunch of them around here too, where you could just ride down the road yeah. and there'll be a little little shed looking thing, a little portable shed somebody dropped there. And, oh, it's a little NASCAR store. Cool. Just walk in and yeah. there's all these die casts and shirts and just random things like license plates for all your favorite drivers. And it's uh, so much fun to see all this stuff. But those are not really around that much anymore, at least not in my area. One thing I do yeah. have that I got recently because I saw it at a flea market like you were talking about and I had to get it was a Davy Allison phone. Do you remember the phones? The phones? Yes. I'm not talking about like Sprint, Nextel, stuff like that. I'm talking about an actual landline phone that was shaped like a car. No. Yeah. So <laughs> I do I've had two that. of them in my life. One of them I actually used when I was a teenager in my room. It was a Richard Petty one. It's about the size of a 124, maybe a little bigger than a 124 scale die cast. It's made of plastic and you set it on a hard surface and that's where it hangs up because it's got a button on the, uh, on the bottom of it that hangs it up. It doesn't have a receiver to hang up on. It just sets down on a shelf and it hangs up. And it's got its phone cord hooked to the back of it. So when it rings, the headlights light up red and it rings and you'll pick it up and just put the car to your ear, the, the bottom of the car. Oh God, that's hilarious. You've never seen one of these? <laughs> I used no. to use one. I've never even yeah, heard I used of to it. use a Richard Petty one when I was a kid and that would be my phone. And I found a Davy Allison one. It's in, it's in a closet somewhere in this house, a Davy Allison one, uh, the black, and uh red 28 that's the exact same thing and i have no, i don't have a landline now i can't use it but it's such a cool little piece you know it's just it looks like a little die cast car and you pick up the whole car after you're sitting on a shelf or something you pick up the whole car and you answer the phone just talk talk to that's the bottom amazing. of it <laughs> next time i find it you i'll put what? it on twitter and i'll show you i'm gonna i'm gonna trade in my iphone 13 pro max so i'm gonna get one of those things <laughs> The wheels wouldn't roll. I wish the wheels would have rolled, but then again, it had to be kind of stationary, so it'd be hung up. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's just Gosh, a solid awesome. car. It was it was fun. It was interesting. And um, this is probably the, the weirdest thing I've personally gotten myself. When me and my wife first got married, we went to places like uh, old-time pottery, stuff like that, trying to look for things for our house, right? But we were both big NASCAR fans. In fact, yeah, we got married the oh, day yeah. after a Talladega weekend. We come back from Talladega one in 04, oh, awesome. and we got married that Monday. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, we, we just decided on the way back. It was like, hey, you want to get married tomorrow? It's like, yeah, sure, let's go get married tomorrow. And we went to the courthouse and got married. That's awesome. <laughs> but one of the things that we were doing uh, was looking around for some things for the house, like dishes, you know, things like that. We went into Old Time Pottery, a store here. I don't know how national it is. They had randomly in the dishes section a plate and bowl set with NASCAR on it. It was white bowls and plates with checkered outline around the uh, rim of the plates and bowls and the NASCAR logo. Uh, I think it was, it was a generic NASCAR logo with just a couple of uh, helmets, like a blue and red helmet, but it was NASCAR uh -huh. with the flags and all that. It was just a generic cheap version of NASCAR merchandise. And we got that for our house. That was our first dish set. NASCAR plates. And I bowls. love it. And mugs, I think came with it too. But the, biggest kicker of it was a was a cookie jar this cookie jar oh, was shaped like a trophy no oh it was a nascar trophy cookie jar and it sat about a foot tall yeah really? I, don't, I have no idea where any of that stuff is now 
I think some of it got broke, but this is oh. back in 04. That was probably the weirdest thing. And probably looking back, some of the most cringe stuff that we've ever gotten. <laughs> but at the time, it was fun. I'll I'll tell you what, if you ever find that cookie jar, I'll pay for it. Send it I have here. no idea where that thing would even be. I think <laughs> I think it's just straight up broke or sold or something. I'm gonna go check eBay real fast. Yeah. It, <laughs> It was it was interesting. Well, this weekend is a really, really fun weekend for me because I am a really old school fan. I love yes. all the old school paint jobs. I love it when they pay uh, respect to them by bringing some of these paint yeah. jobs back. It's a little weird this year with the numbers being pushed forward, but it still works on some of them. Yeah. Throwback weekend is this weekend at Darlington Motor Speedway, and I love the fact that Darlington hosts this every year. It's an unofficial yes. type thing. Nobody's required to do this. I'm looking at you, RCR. What are you no doing? Joke. What are you We're doing? We're going to talk about it right now. Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez at Trackhouse Racing. Ooh. They're running the best throwbacks of the entire weekend. It's a Dale Jr. Yes. and Dale Earnhardt Coca-Cola combo set. The one is exactly the same number and everything to Dale Jr.'s car. Yep. The black Coca-Cola Bear car. And the uh, 99 is paying respect to the Earnhardt number three. They were running at the same track. I think it was Japan, was it? It yeah. was Japan, yeah. Very, very, because Junior wasn't even in the Cup Series yet. He was still in, he that was still was, in Bush Series. Yeah, that was the very first time uh, Dale Junior, Dale Earnhardt actually raced against I, each other. I believe you're right. Uh, I don't know if IROC happened yep. before that or not, but in a NASCAR sense, you're absolutely right. That was the first time. And I remember all the diecasts that come out with that. It was a big deal. You got the two packs yeah. and all this uh, heavy, heavy selling, selling diecast. But oh, yeah. they're paying tribute to those schemes this weekend, and they look great. They are absolutely Fantastic. my favorite schemes of the entire weekend. And shame on Richard Childress Racing for not only not putting out a throwback, but getting beat with your own schemes. Because that yeah. was Richard Childress Racing's cars. The one and the three, yes, those it was. were Childress cars. And their schemes are being run by another team. Shame on Childress. I just got to say that. For sure, yeah. It's. I mean, it's such a unique opportunity. But at the same time, I can't blast RCR because, you know, in my opinion, I feel like maybe, well, it could go both ways. I could understand why somebody would want to do a throwback because of the placement of the of the numbers. It's just it, – it, you're either on the right side or the left side. It doesn't really matter. I see why RCR doesn't really want to because, you know, if you're going to do a throwback, you need to do it exactly how it is. You know, there's some sponsors that control what colors you put on oh. the race you know, the race car and, and you know, uh, sponsor placement on the car. So, you know, let's say that you have like a, the white, the orange and white Home Depot, Tony Stewart throwback, you know, Tony uh, Home Depot might say yeah, they're not going to, but let's go blue and red instead of orange and white. Well, that just completely derails the entire paint scheme. That's not what's going on with RCR. RCR is just uh, opting not to mm -hmm. run one because of the placement of the, of the number. Well, this is how I look at it. You don't have to throw back to actual NASCAR stock cars. You can just throw back to classic style paint jobs. Throughout the entire yeah, history of NASCAR true. and racing, numbers have been put all over the car. They've been put on the rear quarter panel. Yeah. They've been put way forward like they are now. They've been put in the middle. They've put, been put back a little bit towards the rear wheel. They've been all over the place. Sometimes cars don't even have numbers down the side of them. They put them in the seat post or something. That's just yeah. dirt track racing has been that way. Asphalt track, everything has been different. You can 
do something with this style of car, with this style of number placement. That does not have to necessarily pay tribute to a specific uh, scheme that was run in NASCAR. You can just run yeah. a classic looking car. Just put like a color chrome uh, number or like a chrome number or something with some racing stripes or maybe an old style where they just kind of paint the side of the car one color and the rest of it a different color with like a stripe going down the side, something classic looking and put those numbers in like, instead of a really speedy, cool looking font, put it in a classic round looking font that goes with the style. You know what I mean? Something that isn't slanted forward or back, something that goes straight up and down, something that looks like it was run in the fifties or sixties. You could do stuff yeah, with it. Exactly. You could use your imagination. They just chose not to do nothing. Yeah. For me, like my OCD kind of looks at it like, you know, it has to be exactly how it was. Even like the cars that um, I believe it was Daniel Suarez back in 2017, uh, 2017 or 2018. Um, he did a Tony Stewart throwback and it was it was not like Home Depot. It was the exact same paint scheme but it was a different mm -hmm. sponsor. Even something like that really bothers me. The fact that it doesn't have the exact and, sponsor and, on it. Yeah, exactly. And that's so unlikely to ever happen unless, you know, it's like a Coca-Cola, you know, like a track house is doing. That is perfect. The only thing about it is the number placement. I kind of wish that NASCAR would just kind of loosen up the reins or the sponsors would loosen up the reins, let them at least just for one night only, Move the numbers back, but I understand why they wouldn't do that. You know, you don't want to confuse the audience. The casual viewers are, well, you know, why is the number back here? And then the next more, uh, the next race is it's back to mm -hmm. normal, back up, you know, right behind the wheel. So I, I understand not wanting to confuse your audience and stuff, but man, it's NASCAR is not going to win in this situation at all. They're not. They're <laughs> not. I mean, but at the same time, I do look at the schemes that are happening right now, and I do like them. I think they've. I think I a lot too. of teams have done a really good job with it. Uh, the teams that chose to participate, like you were, you were talking about earlier. There's, I'm looking at this uh, group of throwback schemes I have on my desk here. There's a couple of them here that, like you said, like there's a uh, Jimmy Johnson Lowe's car that's painted up like an Earnhardt car, but it has it's yellow and blue, but it has Lowe's written on it, and that doesn't look right. But Kyle right. Busch ran an old sneakers paint scheme from the early nineties. And it yeah. looks fantastic because he had Perfect. Snickers. He was sponsored by Snickers. Yeah. And Denny Hamlin running an old FedEx scheme of his from a long time ago. And of course, yeah. you know, the 43 always running uh, STP. Joey Logano running this old shell Pennzoil scheme from when they first started. But then you look over here at this Nestle Crunch car that Dale Jarrett ran. I think Corey LaJoy run this, but it's yeah. sponsored by KeenParts.com. And it's made to look like Nestle Crunch, but it's not Nestle Crunch. And they did a good job with it, but it's not exactly, Nestle Crunch. Yeah. Just like this 42 car painted up like the Kodiak ride in 96 or 97, and it's sponsored by Clover. It just it doesn't look 100%. It looks off. But at the same time, you like seeing yeah. the old schemes out there, even if they are a little off. They might not be your favorites, oh, but absolutely. it's fun to watch. What is your favorite so far that you've seen for, for this Not weekend? counting Trackhouse, because that's my favorite. Oh, um, yeah, I, sure. I like them both equally, Trackhouse. I kind of like, yeah. is it Harrison Burton that's doing the yeah. uh, X-Side? Yes. Um, he's doing the X-Side paint job, 
and the the lightning the really purple cool. with the lightning and all that i always like that paint job at Exide over any other paint job it looks great absolutely great on this new car what about you uh i'm definitely going with ty gibbs and it's not me being biased but i'm a huge fan of bobby mm -hmm. labani so ty gibbs is uh running the 2004 bobby labani interstate battery car and it looks fantastic oh man it looks so that good. was that's a good car I always steered towards yeah. uh, the first interstate paint job myself just because that was the first one that came in, and that's what I grew up with. Like the one that he ran last year? Yeah, yeah, the one with the, more, more of the black on it. The one with the black yeah. comes halfway down the car, Vs on the door, and comes around the back. I always steer toward, more yep. towards that, but I really do like the interstate paint jobs in general. I do too. Oh, they're so good. So Darlington this weekend, interesting track. I might have missed it last week when I said that there weren't that many true ovals left. Do we consider Darlington a true oval? I believe we did. No, we not. didn't, but do we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the fact that it's heck, yeah, lopsided doesn't change the fact that it's a true oval. No, no okay. not in my opinion, because it's not a tri oval. It's not a, I mean, it's straight turn, straight okay. turn, just like you were saying last week. So Darlington's week. got a funny history for somebody that doesn't know. There's a pond outside of the uh, uh, one of the turns, uh, right? <laughs> it used to be, I don't know which turn it is now because they've swapped it in the past. They swapped straight away. It used to be turn two or turn four. Now it's either turn two or turn four. I can't remember which one it is. But there is a minnow pond out there. When they built the racetrack, the person that owned the property said, yeah, sure, built the racetrack, but don't touch my minnow pond. That's my minnow pond. Don't touch it. This is way back when, like 40s and 50s, right? Yeah. Don't touch my minnow pond. Like, okay, well, so they built it lopsided. One side of the track is tighter than the other side of the track. So it looks more like the belt, like a belt you would put on your car going around pulleys and stuff. Yep. So it isn't a perfect straight and two symmetrical turns. One side of the track is a lot tighter than the other side of the track and drives completely differently. So you cannot set your car up perfectly for this track because the entire track changes from turn to turn. I love this racetrack. I absolutely love this racetrack. I've never been to it. I really, really want to go to Darlington. I do too. I had a chance uh, to maybe go to this race, but it came up so fast that I really yeah. couldn't do what I wanted to do with it. I do want to go to this race one day, though. Absolutely. So who do you have for a winner this weekend? Are you asking about yes. my picks? We're going to go. I'm going to let you Yeah, go you know what? I'm going first. Yeah, go because first. I think from now on, whoever finishes first in the pick should go first. It worked out. It it's, worked out yeah. right on the podcast the last couple of weeks because you keep beating me. <laughs> but now I am the winner. So I'm going to go yes. first. I'm picking Ross Chastain. Oh, I want a solid top five. Ooh. If not a right. win. That's not who that's, mm. you know, that's. It's sleeping on him. Uh, sleeping on him, man. And you know what? Rosh Hassan is such a good pick. It's, I think he's going to be a good pick moving mm -hmm. forward because he's so aggressive and he has to be up on the wheel. Uh, I think this new Jit car works out so well In for fact, him. In fact, we should make um, it a rule where we can't pick the same guy back to back. Okay. I, oh, man. So okay. we don't. You're catching on to my uh -huh. strategy. Well, just so we don't keep <laughs> picking him or other people like that right. because we will. Like if you, if right. I picked Kyle Larson last week, I should not be allowed to pick him this week. That yeah, way absolutely. you'll have a chance to pick um, him if you want to. <laughs> otherwise, I would every week I'd be mm -hmm. Um So, oh man, you know I have not I have not thought about this. Darlington's funny anyway. Sometimes it's a new face, and sometimes yeah. it's always the veteran. 
like Eric mm-hmm. Jones winning it in 2000, uh, 2020. Man, uh, do I want to go for the throat or do I want to take a little bit easier approach to it? I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Okay. Neither one of us picked a forward. I was <laughs> I was debating either Denny Hamlin or or Tyler Reddick. And I probably should have went with Denny Hamlin, but I'm going to ride with uh, Tyler, Tyler Reddick. Denny Hamlin's on a funny streak right now. He's either going to win yes. or he's going to finish outside top 15 or top 20. Right. He's, I don't know what's going on with him. Maybe he'll get that straightened out pretty soon because all of Joe Gibbs is kind of that way right now. Nobody yeah. really is, honestly, is killing it with Joe Gibbs right now. It's, it's just, it seems like it's all off and on. Yeah. According to the owner points thus far in the Cup Series, Kyle Bush actually has the highest owner point accumulation above all the other cup drivers uh for Joe Gibbs. I can see so, that. Interesting little I can see there. that. He's been yeah. even on days where he's he's off, he's still solid. When everybody else has yeah. problems. I haven't seen that many problems Kyle Bush has actually had this year. He just hasn't been winning races. Right. Except for Bristol Dirt. Like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't win all the races, but he's solid. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this weekend. This is always one of my favorite races. It's on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, my wife and my mom included. Absolutely. Um, we have a contest winner. All right. So our winner of our first ever giveaway. Can I get a drum roll? Um, yeah, that's better than what I can do. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you to my nephew for leaving his toy here. It's going to be Joe Rock. Yep. All right. Congratulations. You won yourself a uh, 124 yes. scale Bristol dirt truck driven by Martin Truex. Yes. And you know what, Joe? I will I will even do you one better. I will come deliver it to your doorstep, no matter where you live. Send me an address. <laughs> I'm up for a road trip. Let's do this. All right. Cool deal. Man, we've been recording long enough. I think we need to get out of here, man. Yes, sir. Before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out to our podcast drafting partners, Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, one of the reasons why we met in the first place. Yes. Love the show. It's an excellent show. One, one of the first podcasts I ever started listening to with the community. Side project from one of the people on that show, Scott, Drunk Wrestling History. That's a great show, too. Fun listen. Doing the favor with Eric and Barry. Always, all of these are fun, fun shows to listen to. I'm going to say that with every single one of them. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, great show. Like I said, we're always wrestling fans here. So a lot of these shows and the friends that we made along with the community, it has something to do with wrestling. Uh, as the community grows, maybe we'll add some more racing podcasts to the to the mix as well eventually. Boot to the Face, love it. Excellent show. And uh, also a shout out to the uh, man that made our entrance music, Big Underscore Bane on Twitter. He runs Outsiders Beard Co. Check him out. Great products. I love them. I use them every day. So does Ethan. Yes, sir. I do. I live by it. So going along with Bane, uh, he actually does have a, a podcast with our good friend, Brian Breaker, who is also a professional wrestler. Uh, Bane's an extraordinarily talented uh, underground rapper. Uh, Breaker, Bane's Power Hour. Uh, just a fantastic show. Podcast with them. Brian Breaker also has a side project uh, podcast. Uh, it's called You Know It's Fake, right? Where he uh, goes in-depth conversations with uh, a lot of pro wrestling uh, personalities, whether it's managers, referees, ah. pro wrestlers, 
fans, podcasters, it doesn't matter. He has them on there. That's an awesome, awesome show. He also has another show with our good friend Travis Fowler uh, called TB Toycast. Mm-hmm. And of course, we cannot, we would be so amiss if we did not mention the great Bill Benis. No holds barred with Bill Benis. Uh, I think they're on a little bit of a hide. They have seasons. Like a little, yeah, yeah seasons. Um, so that's pretty cool. I can't, I can't personally, I cannot wait for that show to come back up and, and start pumping out some episodes. I love me, Bill Venus. Uh, another one is Tales from the Estate, a really fun, uplifting show with our friend Drew Vinsel, his wife, and their two twins, Rocco and Cole. A uh, really fun show, right? You know, with them, such a almost like a lighthearted you know, type of podcast. And we can't forget about our friend Tim at a chair shot. He has his own podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, go check that out. He's a really cool guy. Uh, good friend of both of ours. So that's all I have for drafting. Man, it's, it's funny. Uh, week to week, we keep thinking of more that we should add because we have so yeah. many friends <laughs> that do all this stuff and you keep like, Oh God, we forgot them. Oh, I forgot the guy had them too. We got to give shout outs to all these people. Yep. They're our friends. <laughs> I hope they're doing yeah. the same with us. Absolutely. Well, I, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna call him out like that. No, no. We we love fully post. We love fully post. I they, love they have fully like Postable. they Jeff have like Scott. 10 minutes worth of podcast to talk about at the end of it. I'm not faulting them for they not really mentioning us three weeks in. I'm I don't yeah, I don't care. Don't. Uh anyway, thank you all for listening to this week's uh this week's episode. If you can please rate and review us on iTunes or anywhere else. We're on iTunes now and I see the difference. iTunes has doubled our downloads. Yeah. Oh, I, I see the difference. Cool. It's it's amazing what iTunes did in like three or four days. What what wow. we could have done before. Please follow us on all of our social media. We're on Facebook. You can even listen to the show there. We're on Twitter and Instagram at in the marbles pod and you can email the show in the marbles pod at gmail.com is the email address. Go to watermaneuver.net to check out our newest shirt. All you have to do is search by store. It's on the top left-hand corner. Search in the marbles, and it will be the only design that pops up. The design is called Allison. Well, Ethan, you got anything to add before we get out of here? No, I feel like this podcast went by super fast, you know, almost as fast as Xfinity Internet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that being said, we'll see you next time in the marbles. Maybe uh, we can get some guests. My wife suggested uh, getting my yes. uh, not my wife. My wife. No. Oh, <laughs> my wife suggested getting uh, my brother. I thought you meant like your wife wanted to be on the show. I was like, oh yeah, well, she can be on it, but I don't know. I don't know if she'd want to be on it. That's so funny. <laughs> now like, yes. she has some stories because she was the pit crew. Oh, see, that's what we need. Yes. She changed. Check this out. She was a pit crew, basically, right? Um, Right. She was the one that figured out uh, exactly what to do with the car between the races. And what when I was in the car, she would do all the stuff to the car. You know, like uh, really take the uh, alternator belt off, 
before each race. I would run the alternator belt in the pits, charging up the battery. And then right before we got to the racetrack, I'd turn the car off. She'd pop the hood, loosen the bolt, take the alternator belt off, put it in her pocket, tighten the bolt back up, close the hood, and I crank the car, and I'm ready for the race because the alternator belt draws wow. power when it's pulling. Oh. So if you're running straight off the batteries, you're not going to be out there more than 30 minutes. You're running straight off the battery. You're not pulling the power that the alternator will run. So it just gives you that little, oh. little tick more. You know, it, it isn't that noticeable, but it gives you a little tick more power. She would do that kind of stuff. And one day she was there with my dad and my brother and she would run the, uh, the impact gun and it was battery oh. operated. So it was a, it's a Dewalt impact. I still have it to this day. It's right there in the other room. We run the racing lug nuts, the big one inch lug nuts. And we had a special adapter made just for it. So she could hit it with the impact. And I had a flat right front one day. She told me, you know, because we had three people there. She's like, look, the four wheeler is right behind the wall, right here in the pits where you can exit off turn one, go behind the wall between one and two, and then come back out on the racetrack and turn two. That's how the pits were set up. You don't have to go way back to oh, the trailer. Wow, okay. I have it right here. If something happens, just pull in right here and we'll change it and get you back out as fast as we can. I had a right front go down. Oh. And it was under caution. Like it, it happened right when the caution came out. I come in the pits and I, I stopped there right where they were. My wife got down on her knees immediately. My dad is jacking up the car. It's, it's not a racing jacket. It takes about six or seven pumps, but it's finally up in the air. Yeah. She pulls the tire off. My brother throws the other tire on immediately and they both grab like, I mean, it's a fluid motion. Like they planned it. They didn't rehearse this. They both grab the lug nuts and, and start them. And she tightens them all down and dad drops the jack. I was out of there in 30 seconds. <sighs> I got what? back on the track before they even went green. Brandy coming in clutch. And dude. what's funny all is right. later that race, I was so excited about that. I was like, man, this is a, this is a NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny about that is after the fact we had uh, the same issue happen with a late model, big budget team, right? Big money teams. They had oh, a yeah. lot of people. Oh, yeah. They had like six or seven people do this. They blew a tire. And we were behind the wall in the pits watching them do this because we were at Tech. And they were coming on after us. They blew a tire. And they pulled in the same spot behind the wall. Five or six people jumped out there, slinging the jack around as much as they could. They got up under that car. It took them like six minutes to change this one tire. Oh, wow. And I know they all had to be sitting there watching us before thinking that they were going to do what they, what, what they just did. No. Yeah. My, my wife was on it. She understood. She understood exactly what she needed to do and she knew how to do it. And it was, it was so much fun back then with that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's like my favorite story involving her in the pits ever. And she was straight up the mechanic, the crew chief, the, the tire changer. She was all that stuff. She was the brains behind it.